My name is Eleanor and I'm a marine biologist. Now, that's the kind of occupation that's usually met with, uh, wow, that's so cool, or envy, because of course, marine biologists, we spend all our time swimming with dolphins or hanging out on super yachts in the tropics while we're collecting data. But uh, the not so exciting reality is, in fact, most marine biologists spend more than 90% of their time behind a computer crunching that data, uh, doing complicated quantitative statistical analyses or writing scientific reports. So it really was the opportunity of a lifetime that was offered to me when, while I was writing up my PhD, I was asked if I would be pre prepared to present Shoreline, which is a documentary series around the coastline of South Africa. So after some very careful deliberation for at least half a millisecond, I of course said yes. And that was the beginning of my own personal journey of discovery of the South African coastline. South Africa is situated at the tip of Africa and we're between two major current systems, the cold upwelling Benguela on the west coast and the warm, powerful Agalis on the east coast. And that's created this really unique environment. We have more than four biogeographic provinces, we have productive fisheries on the west, we have beautiful subtropical reefs on the east, and we have an almost unprecedented level of endemicity, which is those species that only occur in South Africa and nowhere else in the world. So that really sets the stage for the reason that our shoreline is so rich. So for almost a year, I traveled around our coast with the crew. I traveled from the border with Namibia to the border with Mozambique. And on the way, we looked for stories. We looked for interesting stories. We looked for uh, weird and wonderful beasts. We looked for fascinating ecosystems. And we looked for innovative research that was taking place so that we could see what people were doing on our shoreline. And it wasn't just me. To really round out the experience, there were three other presenters from their respective fields of expertise. So there was uh, an archaeologist, an historian, and a human interest presenter. And together, we really kind of wove the fabric of shoreline, which we then used to show our, our culture, our heritage, and most of all, our oceans to the public of South Africa. Now, I mean, probably my favorite part of shoreline was the fact that I got to travel the whole coastline of South Africa. And um, of course, as a biologist myself, getting to experience the research that other biologists were doing. And sometimes when I was lucky enough, getting to be hands-on with that research, that was really the kind of highlight for me. But also, as I discovered, the highlight for me became the fact that I was the one who was able to interpret and share our amazing environment with the general public of South Africa and the world, of course. So with so many amazing stories, there were, it's really hard to pick out highlights. Uh, I had fantastic experiences, I had scary experiences. Um, some highlights that, that spring to mind were things like swimming with the tiger sharks and the blacktip reef sharks off Aliwal Shoal, um, getting to grips with this very large, cumbersome, full face mask designed to record my voice underwater that uh, <clears throat> ceased to function pretty much at about 25, 30 meters occasionally, which may not have been scary for some, but was terrifying for me. Um, exposing my vulnerable lower back and kidney area to these razor-sharp skewer-like beaks of the gannets uh, on Bird Island, um, accidentally inhaling dried seal excrement. Not, not, not a fantastic moment. Uh, some very hair-raising uh, boat trips in stormy seas. There were a whole, a whole bunch of experiences. 
But the three that I want to highlight in this context are the three that probably captured my imagination the most. Now, the first one of those was the Bird Islands, and particularly Molchas on the west coast, which is a, a gannet, gannet nesting island. I don't know what it was that created this, this magic of Molchas. I don't know if it was the, the thousands upon thousands of gannets, or the spectacular topography, the boulders, the tidal, the rocky shore tidal pools rich with sea life, the, the gorgeous sunsets, the um, beautiful old buildings and ruins, the lack of electricity. It was just magical, and it wasn't just me that felt this, so uh, it clearly it really had something about it. But I also realized that not everyone would see an island full of gannets this way. Some, for example, fishermen may see competition for their resources. Gannets are endemic, they, they occur in South Africa, they're vulnerable, and they also eat fish. So they're in direct conflict for a resource. The next uh, habitat I want to talk about is the mangroves. And I visited the mangroves of Mlalazi and Umgazana, and the mangroves were just, they were the most enchanting ecosystem I have ever encountered. The, the mangrove trees, the clear estuarine waters, the, the mud, the mud skippers, fiddler crabs, they all combined to really form this, this quite eerie, otherworldly experience, like it's steeped in, in prehistory. And um, there are also the species there. I've never seen species so beautifully adapted and so, so specific to these niches. I mean, where else would you find trees with snorkels or fish with lungs all in the same place? But once again, I realized, you know, this is my perspective. And on my way to those mangroves, I walked not three kilometers away through a village. And that village, lots of the buildings were made of mangrove wood. And I thought, here I am seeing this, this beautiful mangrove, but a lot of the communities along here, traditionally, uh, they see this as a source of timber, very suitable building timber. And so, once again, a different use of the resource and a, a dependence on a natural resource that is not necessarily sustainable. There was light at the end of this tunnel, of course, because I met a man called Enoch Mtambeki, who, he's a member of the community and he has the long-term vision and he's realized that, you know, we could make more money and we could make more money in the long term and we won't deplete the resource if we focus on ecotourism. And Enoch has set up this tourism business and he is educating the community uh, and trying to get them involved in how to use the mangroves in a different way. The next story I want to talk about is the turtles that nest on the northern coast of KwaZulu-Natal, the, the loggerheads and the leatherbacks. And this experience, it, it, I can only call it a phenomenon. And if anyone ever has the chance to go and see this, add it to your bucket list, do whatever you can, but try, try and get to see it. It is astonishing. The majesty of these beasts, the sheer size, and the effort and energy they expend to drag their huge bodies and their, their weight out of the sea, up the beach, dig their nests, and the heartbreaking reality that is the fact that so many eggs are laid and yet so few baby turtles survive to adulthood. I, I think it's something like one in every hundred, or it may even be more than that, survive to adulthood. And that's just through natural mortality. But yet again, we are in conflict with them in some way because turtles, particularly for communities that live, uh, traditionally have lived along areas that turtles nest, they see turtles and turtle eggs as a source of food. Turtles are also caught as bycatch in commercial fisheries such as longlining. And then there's the environmental and ecosystem impacts of things like development uh, or driving on the beaches. 
So, thinking about all of this, I realized that these stories, the ones that captured my imagination, they have something else in common. Not just that they're beautiful, not just that they're spectacular, but they're all under threat. And so that got me to thinking, if they're under threat, what can we do about it? And I realized that what we need is a rethink of conservation. Um, you know, we need to add more to our, our current conservation measures. And, and I think we need to start from the bottom up. Conservation needs to come from the communities, from the public, the stakeholders, the people. And to do that, to give them a vested interest in conserving our oceans, we really need to instill passion. And what better way to instill passion for our oceans than through sharing the stories of our shoreline? So I want to end off by saying that um, our shoreline is truly remarkable. Uh, I've spent more than nine years at university, and um, I have a doctoral degree from one of the most respected marine biology research institutes in the country. And yet I learned, I think, more in one year of filming shoreline than in um, all those years at university, certainly more about the specifics of South African coastal ecology. And I also learned that I am inspired and passionate about sharing that. Because, honestly, you can't, you can't conserve what you don't care about. And if you think that somewhere like Cape Town, which is a world-renowned coastal city, the vast majority of people don't have the means or the opportunities to even get to the beach, so they know nothing about our shore. Now you think about our whole country, you realize the vast majority of people in South Africa know nothing about the South African coastline and the shore. And if we want to get people to conserve our marine environment, we need to get them to care about it. And to get them to care about it, we all need to do our part. And um, I think it was Baba Diem who said, in the end, we will conserve only what we love. We will love only what we understand. And we will understand only what we've been taught. So the message I want to leave you with is communicate, educate, raise awareness. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as we all do our utmost to share our shorelines. Thank you.